0: Hello and welcome to K Botak, a short podcast about Korean cinema and K dramas with me, John. In this episode, we're continuing our Countdown to Hellbound. In the run up to the Netflix series Hellbound, releasing november nineteenth, twenty twenty one, I'll be covering works by sang Sangho and you are in on the podcast. Follow the hashtag Countdown to Hellbound on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, Ishil 20 josil JOSILO630. Furbabe, KHS Angels, uh, a.k.a. Kim Hyun Joo's Angels, Hong Yu Won, Hong Sik at 35, and everyone else who has been retweeting the hashtag. This episode, we're going to be talking about two live-action Yon Sang Ho films that have come out after his mega-hit Train to Busan in 2016. Firstly, Psychokinesis, and secondly, Peninsula. The first of these Psychokinesis is what is called South Korea's first superhero movie. It was released in 2018 with the help of Netflix. You can watch this right now. And it stars Ryu Seung-Rong as Shin Sok-Hon. You may recognise Ryu Seung-Rong as uh, playing the rather brilliant villain Cho Hak-Joo in uh, Kingdom, which is another big Netflix hit. Uh, He's a character actor. Uh, who can be seen in a lot of films and various TV series. He even seems to have uh, popped his face up in the currently on-release Jiri-san, uh, which is the recent uh, mountaineering K-drama that started airing. In this, seok is a schlubby uh, kind of security guard who lives a very ordinary life, doesn't have a lot of money, seems to live in one room, Uh, But one day on his morning hike, he accidentally drinks water that has asteroid dust in it. And this gives him psychokinetic powers. Now, what you have to know about psychokinesis is he is not Captain America or Iron Man or any of the American uh, or Marvel superheroes that you will have seen uh, in the MCU or anything in DC. This is a very ordinary, normal guy uh, with stubble and a paunch, and he's got a very normal life mission in this movie, which is to save his daughter's business. His daughter, Rumi, runs a very successful fried chicken restaurant that has been getting quite a lot of exposure in local newspapers and online and on social media for having absolutely delicious fried chicken recipes. Unfortunately, gangsters working as muscle for a construction company want to bulldoze her chicken shop so that the construction company can build a massive mall there instead. Uh, as the story goes on, Shokhan develops his powers, he starts to get used to how they work uh, and uh, realizes that he can pick things up, that he can push things around, he can even push people around. Um, And he gradually tries to become a a hero to his daughter and to the various businesses that are endangered by this construction company, which by this point have clubbed together to basically have a protest against this encroaching company. This movie is basically about literally fighting against gentrification. There's no supervillain here. You don't get Ultron or uh, Thanos or anything like that. Uh, Yon Sang-ho has not seen fit to create any kind of uh, evil guy in uh, in a dark suit and cape that has psychokinetic powers to battle against Stockholm. Uh, he is literally fighting gentrification and capitalism. The construction company boss eventually has him arrested and imprisoned for this. Uh, his powers, while they're uh, enough to for a while push back the uh, mobsters and gangsters who are trying to physically force the businesses out of their lots. Uh, His powers are enough to stop them for a short while and create a bit of attention on social media. But in the face of enormous corporate power, they are ultimately insufficient. In a wonderful scene, uh, he comes face to face with the director of the construction company, Director Hong, played brilliantly by Jung Mi, instantly steals the scene. She explodes into the room, uh, swearing and uh, emoting, and just absolutely owns the scene uh, as soon as she arrives. So in a way, sad that she didn't have a, a bigger role throughout the movie as the baddie. Um, there is a, uh, ultimately an action-packed climax to this movie, but this is the real biggest moment, which is when he comes uh, face-to-face with director Hong. Um, and uh, she has him arrested and imprisoned, basically, under false pretenses. Meanwhile, she is moving the uh, construction job to a new uh, company, sort of shell company, which she sets up on the spot. Basically the same people, the same gangsters enforcing it, uh, but uh, sticks the uh, bad media that they've had because of uh, seok efforts uh, onto the original company. And you can see with this uh, machination and uh, this behind-the-scenes stuff that she's doing, this is the real power. It doesn't matter if you actually have the ability of psychokinesis or if you are able to push things around with your mind. Uh, Once you come uh, face-to-face with this sort of uh, real-world heft, um, you come unstuck pretty quickly. Uh, It's a slightly depressive take on the superhero genre. I think it does this um, somewhat more elegantly, uh, than the likes of the Will Smith movie, which was called Hancock, um, where he uh, didn't really want to be a superhero. He kind of resented it, but he did have this uh, immense strength for a grounded take on what would life be like if you actually had these extraordinary powers. I think this is a really interesting exploration of that idea, um, and especially of the idea of what would the limitations still be to what you could achieve there's still going to be very real limitations. They eventually started to explore this in uh, in the MCU, of course, and uh, with the DC movies around 2015, 2016. Consequences started to become a big watchword in superhero movies, but that's more the aftermath of the you know citywide collateral damage caused by the kind of superpowers that you see in Hollywood. Um, the idea of the limitations of superpowers in the face of uh, what we would think of as more ordinary real-world corporate and financial uh, power. That's uh, a more interesting area that perhaps hasn't been explored quite as much. Um, My uh, question with this is, uh, is this what Netflix expected from a superhero movie directed by uh, the person who made Train to Busan? they probably were expecting something that was uh, a little bit more of a of an action-packed thrill ride a bit more of a roller coaster Uh, this doesn't really have many big set pieces it has a couple of striking showdowns where the superpowers are coming into use but largely these are local problems relatable human aspirations Um, you don't have a handsome or beautiful superhero uh, Ryu Seung-Wang uh, is obviously a, a very good-looking bloke and uh, a, an accomplished actor, but he's not uh, a hunk or a heartthrob. He's not like Gong Yu uh, from Train to Busan. Um, he is not like Gang Dong Won, who would be in the, the next Yeon Sang-ho movie, uh, Peninsula. Um, perhaps if they had chosen a, a heartthrob instead of a character actor for this movie... Uh, it might have gone down differently, but I think it's very important to have this kind of middle-aged guy uh, whose issue is about connecting with his daughter as the uh, heart of the story. I think it works well for that reason. Um, he's an ordinary dude. There's no super suit. Most of the time he's wearing, uh, I think, you know, sweatpants or uh, some kind of a, a, a rumpled suit that he might have put together. Uh, again, he looks like someone who's just walked in off the street. And like I mentioned, there's no supervillain. It's just capitalism, uh, gentrification. So the social side and the soap opera of a Yun Sung-ho movie comes out stronger here than Train to Busan, I think. But it is less of an absorbing actioner. Um, Still very worth catching for a different expression of what a superhero movie can be about. So next, let's talk about Peninsula. This is described as a standalone sequel to Train to Busan. In fact, it has on the face of it even a weird relationship to that movie, because in the West, all of the posters say Train to Busan presents Peninsula. Clearly, at least the marketing department were desperate to get the Train to Busan connection in there somehow. It's even exactly the same logo font as for that movie. Um but it's a very clunky sentence, isn't it? Train to Busan presents Peninsula. Uh, This is a movie that was aiming to do some very different things uh, to that original film. It is immediately a whole country movie. Uh, If you heard the episode that I previously did on Train to Busan, I mentioned one of the things I liked about that was the fact that it took place across a single day and it has this very cramped... Uh, naturally very tense setting uh, of a train uh, that is going to one place. Uh, And so because of that, the the pace and the tension of the movie is able to articulate very naturally and become very exciting. Here, we've uh, got an entire, not just country, but an entire peninsula, according to the title, uh, that we're dealing with. Uh, You open on the day of the outbreak, same as the original movie and uh, you see uh, two guys two soldiers who are crossing the country trying to get out they're going to a port uh, they're going to a ship on the way there are people asking them uh, to take them uh, as well uh, who are begging to be saved uh, and they go past uh, much like in the last of us uh, if you've played that game where joel uh, drives past the people who are asking to be taken along Um, this movie has a lot of references to the last of us i feel i think it aspires somewhat to be that kind of to have that kind of vibe um and uh, the main character which is played by gang dong turns them down uh, refuses even to take the uh, the baby and they go on the boat on the boat on the way over there is uh, obviously an outbreak um side note this movie does still have the very funny zombies from the first film uh the one that you see turning on the boat uh basically uh, seems to crawl backwards and then backflip into a standing position before pandemonium breaks loose there's some uh, I, maybe it's just me i think there's some very funny visual moments with uh, uh with these things across these two movies much like there is in kingdom uh, i just like the uh the korean take on uh the the physicality of zombies um So, because of this, because of this outbreak on the boat, uh, which is headed to Hong Kong, um, many countries say no more uh, people from Korea, no more refugees. uh, And China and a group of other countries basically shut down the uh, shipping space around the Korean peninsula. This is where I have uh, a frustration with this movie. It has a lot of interesting ideas that it does nothing with because after this initial sort of expository scene on the day of the outbreak and the boat ride uh, you move to Gang dong character and his mate uh, who are now refugees in Hong Kong they're being treated not just as second-class citizens but as people who might be dangerous and uh, the Hong Kongers around them are, are saying watch out they might turn into zombies and they don't want to serve them at restaurants and things like this Um, This is an opportunity to explore ideas that are very relevant right now, that people go through every day, Uh, things that are incredibly painful, incredibly unjust in the world, that because people have run away from something that is a direct and immediate danger to them, uh, they are then treated uh, awfully in, in the place where they thought they would be safe, where they thought they would be better off. There's a lot of ground to cover there for a director like Yoon Sang ho, who is invested in social issues, but it kind of abandons that um, as it moves on to its main plot, which we'll get to in a second. And then, even more interesting, uh, there's a throwaway mention of the fact that there is a safe place on the peninsula North Korea. Well, how and why and what is happening there? What's the status of the DMZ? Uh, exactly what defences have they got uh, set up uh, along the line between the two careers. But that's a really interesting idea. Um, But again, they just drop it straight away. And then finally, the main plot is the heist, Uh, much like Army of the Dead, uh, which was a big Netflix hit earlier in the year that nobody really seemed to like. I haven't seen it. Uh, The central kind of motivation for the characters in this movie is that there's a ton of money in a truck, uh, in South Korea, which by now is is just uh, a dead country, um, and they need to go in and extract it. Um, so it's a heist movie. Uh, it has a bit of a, a zombie land feel to it. That's a good kind of impetus for the movie as well. Um, but uh, again, doesn't really go anywhere. They They turn up, they get to the truck, they find the money, um, and then the movie kind of rambles on into uh, another story where they're captured by uh, one group is captured by uh, basically some soldiers who have gone over there and gone rogue again uh, just show me that movie that's a very interesting full metal jacket kind of idea about these soldiers who go over to tame the place and uh, they end up uh, just kind of going rogue and deciding that they want to be kings in hell uh, as it were and um, and it moves very quickly from one kind of mini-plot to another. Um, Train to Busan's strength was that it was lean and muscular. This tries to pack too much in, and it almost feels like it was, at one point, a TV series. Um, you've got these bases, uh, these factions. Um, you've got the melodramatic setups for the character arcs, which fizzle out here and, uh, and there. The tonal misfires... Um, there's a kid who uses uh, remote control cars to distract the zombie hordes and lead them away because, as established in the prior movie, uh, they can't see in the dark. So you can just lead them away from you. Um, but little moments like that, which are almost sort of uh, comedic or light-hearted and a little bit of horror comedy... Uh, sit quite uncomfortably against these quite grim sections where you see these very unpleasant soldiers who are running this base um and then gang dong one who has to eventually come face to face with the family that he abandoned uh four years ago feels like there's a lot here which needed you know a few episodes of build-up um so maybe with hellbound coming out uh, actually yon Sang ho uh is uh, going to find a a good little niche for himself to be able to build out a bigger story because it feels like this is what this was uh, really trying to be. Maybe it would have worked better as a TV series. Um, The Zombos in this, they're in the background. Uh, They don't really provide the pace. Uh, They don't really provide much atmosphere uh, or dread. Those are the usual things that that you you have these creatures in a movie or a TV series for, but they don't do that here. They're they're just something that pops up every now and again. Um, I feel like the movie can't really decide if it's more like The Last of Us. There's even musical quotations almost of The Last of Us with that uh, um, quite mournful guitar music playing as as they enter South Korea. Um, Or if it's something like Zombieland. Something a bit more knockabout, um, a bit more of uh, of a caper. Um, there's some good gunfighting here and there. You know, if you want, if you love zombie movies and you catch them all, you'll see this. If you read bloodydisgusting.com and and you just uh, you're into this kind of stuff, then you know, go ahead. But I don't think there's much to make you watch this other than the Train to Busan connection. And if you're in the mood for um, finding some highlights of of recent Korean cinema and, and korean action movies um, this doesn't need to be anywhere near the top of your list um, gang dongwon is a good lead uh, he's very good with uh, the material that he's given um, he's good in other stuff as well i recently watched master which is him with Lee hun that's uh, that's definitely a recommendation there i'd say watch that instead of this um, but a little shout out to bella rahim who is a malaysian actor uh, she turns up at the end of the movie um, as a Malaysian UN uh, envoy or, or, uh, or soldier or something like that. Um, used to live in Malaysia, so I uh, was happy to, uh, uh, to see her popping up at the end. But uh, yeah, I mean, overall, Train to Bassan it was good because it's not your typical zombie film. Um, it's about what happens when different types of people are faced with a choice to survive or to save another human being, in the form of this very exciting train-based thriller that was brilliantly directed uh, and uh, perfectly paced. This is more a typical zombie film. Um, This is something that you've seen a lot of times before. Um, So, a bit of a shame, uh, really, uh, considering the the pedigree that it has. Um, Perhaps uh, at one point it wanted to be something else. Anyway, thank you for listening. Overall, uh, I mean, really, to reiterate what I've said, psychokinesis I think you should catch. Peninsula you don't need to bother with, but we will be looking at uh, other films and works involving Yon Sang-ho and Yu ah on the podcast, uh, including uh, the brilliant films Burning and Voice of Silence, which both uh, feature banner performances by Yoo Ah-in, uh, for which he was rightly critically acclaimed. Um, So uh, you can follow the show on at kbotakpod, K-B-O-T-A-K-P-O-D on Twitter and Instagram. And if you like this show and you like this episode, check out the other ones that I've done. And if you could subscribe, then that would be very much appreciated. Thanks for listening. Cheers.